Welcome to Parents' Rights Now, a production of Parents' Rights in Education, hosted by Suzanne Gallagher. We are committed to valuing students, empowering parents, and supporting communities to secure great educations for public school children in America. PRE welcomes all students, families, and community members who care about scholastic success for K-12 public school students. Visit our website, parentsrightsined.org, and like us on Facebook. Our chapters include Alaska, Arizona, Colorado, Idaho, Illinois, Maine, Montana, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Texas, Virginia, Washington State, Wisconsin, and something new, Australia. Join us by filling out the form on our website titled, Join Us. You will find information regarding issues and information about local and state chapters. Hey, everybody. Today is Friday. It is October 7th. In analyzing what I'm going to talk about today, I got to thinking, we need to address all of these parents' bills of rights. And I don't mean address them one by one, um, but just in general. So what are parents' bill of rights that we're seeing popping up uh, in legislatures? Uh, for example, there's there's one that's uh, actually through the Senate at the federal level. This is sponsored by Josh Hawley. Um, it s- sounds good, looks good, everything's great. And basically, um, what these what these parents' bill of rights do is list all of the rights that have been stolen or abridged by every state in the union. They are rights that we already have, and for the most part, they're rights that um, have been validated in the law. So, for example, the FERPA law goes over a lot of rights that people have, but those rights that are in FERPA that have already been substantiated by law are listed among the Parents' Bill of Rights. The question is, is this a new policy or is it just a declaration, kind of like the Declaration of Independence? I don't know. But my point is, we need to be careful about signing on to these as as a group, as an organization, as an advocate for parents' rights. Uh, we don't want to be signing on to all of these and then handing them out uh, to our volunteers. And here's the reason. My concern is for groups promoting these documents because in many cases, they're not legal documents. At least they're not legal yet. They're not an actual bill that was passed into law. Um, And a lot of legislators are jumping on this idea, legislators and of course groups. And what what we do love is that they're championing parents' rights. Parents' rights have been eroded over time, slowly but surely, bit by bit, drop by drop over the last hundred years. And the major culprit of, of this stealing of parents' rights is the public school system. The public school system actually hand in hand with the teachers union, 
what we don't want to have happen is that groups pick up these documents, volunteers um, going around, showing them and, and proclaiming them and taking them to their school boards, but they aren't legal documents yet. They haven't actually been passed into law. And if they're circulated, though, as such, as with the understanding that, that they are legal, they could be used against us. And I'm talking about parents' rights in education as an organization or our volunteers or volunteers of other organizations, citizens, they could be used against us by the left. In other words, they can take those and um, hold them up and say, well, um, you're wrong because of XYZ statute that we've had on the books or ABC policy that our school board has passed, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe they can't be challenged legally because they actually aren't in law. But for example, if a right is cited without reference to statute, which is, that is the key thing, guys. It's reference these rights to statute. When you take them to your school board or to any other elected official and make claims, you know, this is my right. You need to have a statute that you point to. Maybe it's uh, something in the constitution. Maybe it's the right to free speech. Because if you don't do that, it will become a verbal arm wrestling match in the press. In other words, they will use it against us. And unless we can actually make claim to statute or law, okay? It could be state law. It is established through legislation or court cases, in other words, lawsuits. We don't have much muscle or any muscle at all to make these claims. So you got to be careful. That's all I'm suggesting is do your homework. And I'm, I have concern about misleading volunteers to claim anything they cannot back up. In 2005, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals found in Fields versus Palmdale School District that the Meyer-Pierce right, and that's the Supreme Court ruling, of parents to direct the upbringing of their children does not exist beyond the threshold of the school door. The court stated, quote, we conclude that the parents are possessed of no constitutional right to prevent the public schools from providing information on the subject of sexuality to their students in any form or manner they select. Unquote. Now, the problem with that is that all of the states who are part of the Ninth Circuit, presiding over Alaska, Washington, Oregon, California, Montana, Idaho, Nevada, Arizona, and Hawaii, can't really get very far when it comes to sexuality education and defending their right to pull their kids out. In other words, to opt them out of sexuality education or to limit sexuality education. The only way they can do it and do it legally is to change the law, the change the mandatory law requiring it K through 12, or to change policy at the school board level, demanding opt-in instead of opt-out. This is a perfect segue into an option that Parents' Rights in Education offers to citizens and parents. I'm going to introduce you to the 
Proclamation, declaring November Parents' Rights in Education Month. We are asking all parents who care about their child's education to contact their school board and ask them to adopt our proclamation, affirming the rights of parents to influence policy and curriculum decisions, which are the heart of every school. Public schools have shifted influence away from parent involvement. Parents today care about curriculum. They care about the state and district policies infringing on their rights to make decisions about and with their minor children. The government has infringed upon those rights, and it's time to reestablish and to restore our rights. We are starting at the local level with our school boards. These boards are the elected governing bodies who decide policy and select curriculum, and yet they have drifted away from their responsibility to represent the community and the parents. School board members legally have the power to create and change school policies, and yet Superintendents encourage members to comply with requests from state departments of education and, of course, as we know, the teachers' union. So our proclamation is simple. We are asking school boards, who do you represent? The proclamation establishes an understanding between school districts and their communities. It's a win-win for everyone. It's time to reestablish parents' rights in education. On our website, we have complete instructions to follow. Very, very simple. We even provide you verbiage for an email to the school board members. So, and of course, we want you to personalize it. So you may write a school board member and say, Dear Mr. Smith, 2022 has been a year full of uncertainty and unprecedented changes in every aspect of life especially K-12 education. Parents and guardians of school-aged children need reassurance from you personally that their parent or child relationship is crucial to their child's success in school. With a show of good faith through the adoption of this Parents' Rights in Education proclamation, parents and guardians will gain confidence that you fully support their rights in the educational setting. This also affirms your belief that parents and guardians do have a vital role in the collaborative partnership between families, schools, and administrators. Please join our effort to officially recognize November as Parents' Rights in Education Month. Here's the proclamation. In recognition of the vital importance of education excellence and meaningful collaboration between the school district and families, we recognize November as Parents' Rights in Education Month. Whereas, we acknowledge parents are a child's first and foremost educator and have the primary responsibility for the education, care, and training of their children. And whereas, Education is comprised of a range of activities by which families and communities teach knowledge and skills, including ethical and behavioral norms and traditions. And whereas fairness and equality 
must be afforded to all students and families in the school district. And whereas public schools need cooperation and support of all parents. And whereas the parent-child relationship shall be honored and supported by teachers, counselors, administrators, and school board members. Therefore, we declare November Parents' Rights in Education Month, affirming the constitutional right of parents to direct the education and upbringing of their children. Now, we know that not every school board is going to pass this resolution, and they may not even bring it to a vote. They may decide not to put it on the agenda. If they choose not to do so, not to vote for it, and not to even bring it on the agenda, you know that they do not support parents' rights. On the other hand, if you have a friendly board and they have a majority, this is a no-brainer. Present this proclamation soon. Send the letter to each school board member individually and attach the proclamation, asking them to bring it to a vote in November, declaring that this is Parents' Rights in Education Month and that they support your ability and your right to direct the education of your child. This is Parents' Rights. Now, please check your show notes for links pertinent to this podcast. Please consider making a monthly contribution to Parents' Rights in Education. We need your help. We have big plans in mind and because of a very generous one-time contribution of $25,000, we are challenging our listeners and our readers, all of our supporters, to match that. Gives $12 a month. If there were only 500 of you, that would tally up to $6,000 a month, almost tripling the $25,000 check we just received in one year. Be part of that club. We call it the 12 by 12 club. A link to our website is in the show notes or go to parentsrightsined.org. See you soon.